Coming to you from the DTC. This is Ocean Drives with Jeffrey Erber. It's sad, but I'd rather sleep in a car bed. Graham Briggs. What am I supposed to say? Stop making fun of my notes? And Alex Ball. Power wagon. <laughs> this just makes me laugh. And now your host, Jeffrey Herbert. Hello and welcome, guys, to another episode of OCN Drives. I'm Jeff Herbert. I'm Graham Briggs. And I'm Alex Ball. Of course, we're here with Josh, and he is alive and well today, which is a good thing. It is good. That's yeah. good. Yeah. This podcast has been brought to you by OurCommunityNow.com, where you can hear more on our thoughts on cars, culture, and what's hot in the community. Let's get cracking. Hooray. All right, Graham. What do you got there for us? Well, I have a Shane. Oh, how do you say that? I don't even know. I should have. I should have thought a about Shane, it. Shane McConkey. Yeah, this has got. Uh, so now that we're on video, you can see that. It's censored. Don't hey, worry about it. Put your McConkey away. But it's a IPA from Crazy Mountain Brewery, <laughs> and it's actually pretty good. Okay. What cool. do you have? I have a Dry Dock Hazy IPA. Oh, yeah, that's good. Sorry, I just clipped my nails. And that is delicious as usual. And today, Alex actually has a beverage. He simply has water in this beautiful Oxotic supercar driving experience uh, water bottle. So I just want to give a quick shout out to those guys. You guys are awesome. We went up to your shop, uh, I think it was last week or something. You guys let us fire up the Lambo, and it was sweet. Uh, so stay tuned for more. We're going to do some more with those guys. So if you love supercars and you hate us, especially Alex, because we're going to try and stuff them into some. <laughs> sure, stay there tuned. will be YouTube videos of me attempting to sit in supercars. Yes, it's going to be great. And it's I'm I might get a shoe in on some of them, <laughs> like maybe. Well, then you have an excuse not to get out of the supercar because you're like, guys, I'm stuck in this. I'm going to have to take it home. I can't get out. (laughs) Exactly. I'm stuck in this Lamborghini forever. Yeah. Okay. So today, guys, we have an interesting show. Um, As usual, we're going to start with some car news. And then we have a huge announcement. And that's because one of us actually got a new car. That is. It's exciting. Jeff, one thing you forgot to mention is the theme of our episode. Oh, I apologize. Yeah, I'm insulted by it. No. (laughs) <laughs> That's why I'm not allowed to do this alone. Yeah. But yes, today's uh, the theme of today's episode is actually um, off-roading and overlanding. So it's going to be very truck and off-road heavy. Um, yeah, what do you guys say we get a little dirty <clears throat> and talk some off-road? I love getting dirty. Yep. Slash trucks. Let's do it. Okay, Alex, I know you're super excited. Yeah, this is this. my world. This is I, your world. I like off-roading more than I like street cars in general and that's mm. kind of a new thing in my life um but ever since i got my f-150 um all, all i've dreamed about is going off-road ah um so but, the kind of the things that oh go ahead Grammy. no i was just gonna say uh i was gonna talk about is and this is just me squirreling here guys sorry uh is motorcycling is that considered off-roading or is that like dirt biking is that more off-roading what's the so for that my two f- wheels tell me what off-roading is for two wheels uh so um, again like the bike that i will be purchasing next mm-hmm. which is the bmw gs that that would be i guess a lot of times people can 
consider an all-terrain motorcycle, mm. which is that it's still good on the road, whereas a lot of times the the dirt bikes are not particularly great on the road. A lot of times they still are, but they're not long-distance bikes at all. Like the, right. the seats aren't meant for it. Um, so something like the GS is, would be considered kind of a, a all-terrain bike, which is that you can do long-distance road, but it's also very much designed to go off-road. And even to my my bike, to a certain extent, it's an adventure sport bike. Uh, adventure, actually, I think is the more correct uh. term. It's an adventure motorcycle. It's a motorcycle that technically can take you on any terrain. Got it. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. I've learned something and, today. Wait, how are, what are you sitting so high up for? <laughs> Graham, do you feel is like that, is that why Graham I just wanted, need to be the tallest person? Is that why Graham wanted the stool because he wanted to look taller? On the I video? know. I think that's that would it. Not because be you're it. six eight, I'm six one, and Graham, you're what? I'm six six foot, six one, six on the roster. Sounds an awful lot like Graham is the shortest. <laughs> <laughs> we do, anyways. Have a listen, high average all my height. life, yeah. I've been either the tallest or in that ninety percentile. This room, I am in the small. I'm in the lower percentile, and it's it's different. It's, it's I mean, new for if me. we consider Josh as being part of the room, he's a midget. So, well, yes, <laughs> <laughs> not really. No, yeah, five eight. <laughs> should he's, should he's, we bleep that? Yeah, we probably should. He's average. <laughs> anyway, do you want to take it away with the GMC? Yeah. So the thing that I have noticed a lot of people talking about because uh, GMC is letting press people have these cars and you know drive them on GMC created courses, which is always an asterisk when it's like, hey, come drive our truck on this course that we built. <laughs> but uh, so GMC has. Uh, for 2019 and then the 2020s, they have a AT4 package for the 1500s, the 2500s, and the 3500s. Um, and it's pretty much identical to another truck that I'd like to talk about, which is what Ford's bringing out, which is the Tremor package, uh, F250s and three, 350s, which is, you know, two-inch lifts, 35-inch tires, uh, off-road tires. Pretty much all of them are using Ford doesn't i think use the goodyear wranglers they use something they use the ko2 okay tires uh, like the raptor has them and the trimmers are getting those too but gmc and you know ram and and dodge and all of them use the goodyear wrangler um tires which are great off-road everyone loves them yeah They're especially for like a tire you just get with your car way above normal what you could kind of the car, tires typically that come with your car are not great i think that's changing to an extent, I see a lot more, especially sport cars, uh, a lot of like, you know, Mustangs and Camaros and stuff. They're getting real nice tires now, mm. which is nice. That's like a nice addition where it's like, it's expensive. Tire, nice right. tires are expensive. So it's like, it's no joke when they put, when Ford puts 35 inch KO2s on a Raptor. Yeah. I mean, that's $2,500 worth of tires right there that you just have to accept. Oh, definitely. Well, I think tires matter a huge amount oh, when it comes to performance. It's so a significant if, portion of if the you're battle. you're an automaker yeah. and you're creating a car that you want to leave an impression on somebody with, mm -hmm. you might as well put the best tires you can on it because that's going to be their first impression of the car. Well, I think it's both for... And then numbers and... Yeah, I think too. performance, but I think it's both off-roading and on-street too. I mean, yeah. you're talking tires are what puts, you know, the power to the pavement or the power to whatever surface you're on. Yeah. So, like, having the proper tire is very important. And it's, I think people are more willing to pay for things like tires than I, I think they used to in the past, I, I would argue. 
because it's i mean i mean you just drive around like where we are in Colorado. Well, everyone's got custom tires and rims now and it's not even like silly custom right. tires and rims it's like oh those are really practical like people are putting beadbox on their well, cars well i now. think this is this is going to be one of those things i mean car companies have always found like tire companies that they want to work with but mm-hmm. i think you you find this a lot in like now in like the brakes packages now like yeah. you see brembo all over the place yeah. because it's known um, you're going to start seeing those, like, because they do these packages, right? So, like, you can have this off-road package, right? They want to have tires on there so that you can buy this and then just basically take it off-road, right? And I think car manufacturers are finding out that there is um, value and there is a demand out there for, you know, buying this car, getting this package, and already getting those those wheels that are ready to go, and uh, they can... You know, they can make a nice profit on it, too. Right. They're like, they're turnkey off-roaders. Yeah, When exactly. I look at things like the AT4 HD and the Tremor package and even the Power Wagon, um, I mean, I still don't completely understand them. I understand them in your case because those are the only well, cars that you fit. Yeah, I just don't have a choice. <laughs> Um, but no, it's, I, yeah, could, I don't know. I could see him bombing around a ranch in one of those or something. Yeah. But. And that's I, it's just one of the reasons I wanted to talk about kind of off-roading and overlanding and, you know, these big trucks is that I, it feels like we're in a pretty good renaissance of, you know, companies making relatively premium vehicles that give a really good off-road experience, uh, right out of the factory, which has n- really never been the case. It, usually if you wanted to, other than, except the, for the. Yeah, other than I was just about to say, other than Jeep mm. and really even from Jeep, it's and like, Land Rover. It's yeah, yeah, Land Rover. But Land Rovers are premium. Those are super expensive. True. But like for like a reasonable, affordable car, and uh, none of these the AT4. I mean, the AT4, and if you wanted a 250 or 350 in the Tremor package, you can't. I don't think you can get for less than 50. Yeah. Uh, maybe the Tremors. If you do like an XLT with the Tremor package, you might squeeze under 50. If you get nothing else with the truck, um, but the GMC, you're not even close to 50 with the AT4 package, or it's not a package; it's just a trim of the truck. While the trimmer is actually a package, and then we talk about the power wagon. The power wagon, power wagon, yeah. The power wagon kind of squeezes, makes me laugh. And it's, I think it's one of the cool things about the power wagon is you can pay for an actual power wagon, which I think starts at 53. But you can also get mm. the secret power wagon, which is you can get a tradesman um, level twenty five hundred and get the power wagon package. Yep, yep. Which I think then starts at forty three. Yep. Which is for forty three is cheaper than uh, a TRD Pro Tacoma, for example, because the TRD Pro Tacoma is a, I think about fifty five when you you finally buy it. It's true, and you can tow quite a bit more. Yeah, and same with the Gladiator Rubicon's like fifty five. Oh. And it's yeah. like, and so it's, but that so that's actually, it's one of the, it's, I think it's one of the funny things about the power wagon is that no one knows about anything about it. And no one knows anything even less more about the fact that you can get a cheap one. Well, even when you go to dealers and you're like, Hey, I saw that you had a power wagon online. No one knows. Can I, I go I, rub up against I've, it? I've test driven six power wagons at six different dealerships and no one knows what it is. They're like, what, what's a power wagon? I'm just like, it's a 2,500. Uh, and it's got a winch on it. He's like, oh, I know which one that is. <laughs> they're like, I've walked in parking lots with people, and they're like, oh, I don't know which one it is, because they just have, like, 
40, 2500s parked next to each other. I'm like, it's the one that's two inches lifted. Wait. <laughs> and it's got a winch on the front. Okay. Time <laughs> and out. it's massive. How do you miss it? It's, it's, it's got its tongue you, hanging out. Yeah. You put it next to a bunch of 2500s. You're like, which one is it? It's like, Does how it? about the one that's two inches higher than the rest of them? Doesn't the power wagon always have the power wagon on the tailgate? Or is that not yes. always the no, case? No, that's true. But that's the tailgate. No one parks the truck backwards in a parking lot. So. Fair. Yeah, but but yeah, and the power wagon, if you get the actual power wagon, it has the graphics on the side too. You can delete those, but that's why would you? Um, but even the tradesman power wagon, it does on the tailgate still say the big power wagon. And the tradesman mm. though just doesn't have doesn't have the front end like the Rebel has and the actual power wagon has. It has the twenty five hundred front end, which oh, is all yeah, the chrome. It's kinda nice. And I stuff. Like that. Definitely. What, it looks nice. Before we move on from the news, which we don't really have that much news. You texted me the other day about power wagons, and you had a fantastic idea. Oh, my And we just idea. want to voice this, it this actually, to gain support so this, that Dodge this, listens to us. This comes into something that is actually in the news. It has been in the news for a couple years, but is now a reality. But the thing I came up with, because we've been, I texted Jeff the other night. It was like, hey, the Trackhawks are almost affordable. Like, yes. be excited about that. But then I, you know, had a great mind. I was like, we should put the Hellcat engine in a power wagon and call it the Hell Wagon. And it would be the Hell yes. Yeah. They could no they could make it. they could make as many of those they wanted and they would oh, be sold out at all times. A hell wagon? A hell oh, wagon. Oh my god. How great would that just big letters on the truck just had the hell wagon. I would buy that. Yeah, it'd be great. Take my money now. Yeah, it'd be great. <laughs> Seven hundred horsepower power wagon would be great. Yeah. But uh but but they, are, they haven't done that, but what they are doing, and which is what a lot of people are excited for, is they're coming out with, it hasn't really been named yet, it's kind of just the code name is the TRX, the, oh, the which is the, 15, is the 1500 Hellcat powered uh, uh, truck from, from Ram, which people are really excited about it. You know, someone's finally getting the game with the Raptor, which has just been the king of of kind of the I'm still upset that they are not doing the Ranger Raptor in the United States. I think it's going to come I especially cuz the Ranger isn't selling that fantastically. Like it didn't outsell the Forerunner, which is crazy. Well, Forerunner or you mean Titan? Or, Titan. Mean, the uh whatever the Frontier. Frontier. The Frontier. Yeah, it That's didn't it. outsell yeah, the yeah, yeah, Frontier yeah. the, the first Nissan year Frontier, was, uh, yeah. which is pretty embarrassing cuz that truck's a thousand years old. Um, it didn't outsell the Tacoma. Didn't really expect it to. No. And Toyota, especially for 2020, which leads us into our next. I was gonna day. say that's a perfect segment. Yeah, it's that the 2020 has gotten a, a pretty substantial upgrade. I would argue from. I mean, they still haven't touched the engine, but they redid the suspension. Uh, the big thing is, is, and what Josh is finding out is, they redid the automatic transmission, and it, people say it's pretty much fixed. Well, he let the cat out of the bag. Yeah, he did early. I'm sorry. Yes. So since so you did all, that. Yeah. For all of you listening, Josh got a 2020 Tacoma TRD off-road. Yeah. Which is so exciting. It is yeah. such a big hunk of awesomeness. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it's great. Get it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. He's got Grim's a, grimacing. He, he got it in a beautiful, uh, it's not, it's not the, con- is it, is it the cement gray? Mm-hmm. Cement. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's got this beautiful cement color. Um, he got the right trim, got the off-road trim. We applaud you for that. Uh, see, that's me- I agree with the, the trim choice. I am, no, and no offense, but I'm not a fan of the cement color. I, I would have gone with like a... Isn't that, your car's the cement color, but shinier. No, my car <laughs> is the black color. Um, 
But uh, your, your Mercedes, your Mercedes is silver. No, it's black. Is it? Yeah, it's black. It's black on black. Oh, weird. I don't even remember. Yeah, yeah it's okay. Right. But uh, yeah. So again, sorry, sorry, I took us way off, way off. <laughs> yeah. I we're go. Super, we're super excited to. I think well, we got to go rip it off road at some point. Yeah, and you know, yeah. once Josh starts putting some money to make it kind of the Overland Beast, I mean, the nice thing is because you got the over, the off roading package, you're covered on the electronics. You know, he's got the rear locking diff, which is pretty much commonplace now, and that's something again in those the the trimmer and the the AT4 I talked about. Those got rear locking diffs, mm-hmm. um, kind of. You know, Oddities, the front locker. I thought more companies would start to do that, but currently only the ZR2. Uh, Chevy can get mm-hmm. it, and the Power Wagon are the only two. And oh, and the Rubicon Gladiator. Yes, yes. So that's you. so that still seems to be, and, and and but the weird thing is, is that the Toyota Land Cruiser does have a front locking. Hell yeah, it does. diff. So so it's weird to me that that and Toyota has a history of doing front and rear lockers. So I think that's weird to me that the Tacoma and the Forerunner haven't yeah. got it yet. But I'm sure there's a reason they don't do it. But Rear locker, you're gonna be fine. It's gonna be great. You'll probably never use it. <laughs> no. You Although won't. I hope you, I hope you adventure enough where you do use it. And then he's got the, you know, the trail control, which yep. is super cool. Yep. And there's tons of great videos online of Toyota showing off the trail control where they um, bury it in like six feet of sand, and then the truck is smart enough that it can wobble itself out of the sand and get you going again. So, Josh is giving us a little wicker wicker. Wow. So it's, I think that's just Let's a, test a it. cool, we should do yeah, it. We should test it. But I think that's just a cool testament to how good software is getting in these cars. I think that's kind of an unspoken hero of, uh, you know, we love all these new automatic transmissions or kind of love, we love manuals, but these, the reason these 10 speeds, these eight speeds, these nine speeds, these seven speeds are so good in part is because the software is so good now, which is just kind of made the world more enjoyable. And it's also, you know, better gas mileage and, yeah, you know, oh, better definitely. better throttle response and, and, and a lot of times... Smoother operation. Yeah. And it's... Yeah. The uh, yeah they, the 2020 got an upgraded interior, um, which is nice. It's totally... The, the center screen makes it feel modern. Yes, which is a it does. word that doesn't come from Tacoma that often. <laughs> But rarely ever finally adding Apple CarPlay and Android Auto and doing that eight inch touchscreen and it's color now um, because my my roommate from New Hampshire got a 2019 Mm -hmm. and he's his is like black and white and like (laughs) six inches and it's it's still touchscreen but it's like it his it's literally one year different from Josh's and it is it feels like an entirely different truck. So in other words, the buttons on his. Are in cuneiform and hieroglyphics. Yeah, yes. and he's like, "Hey, yes, want to come exactly. over and watch Casablanca on my yeah. did you black and white Did yours come with the driver side power seats? Yes, and you, actually, everyone can hear me now through the whole podcast. Yeah, and Scott, the power the driver side power. Seat. Yeah, because that's new to 2020 as well. Oh, this is, is the, nice. in the year in the year of our Lord 2020. <laughs> year of our Lord Tacoma, or it's 2019, but. Toyota joined the future and put power seats in, Wait. but only for the driver. Wait, does it? Are you, does it have power windows? So you don't have to roll. <laughs> okay, perfect. Yeah, they figured they figured that out a lot. But it's oh, good. I love all the knobs. Do they have like different size knobs too? Oh my god! Dibs so on the smallest listen, knobs. We, we're laughing about this, but actually, one of the things I love about the Tacoma is that they still have a really simplistic 
way yes. to control everything in your car. The, yep. tu- yep. the touchscreen, I don't, I don't believe anything in the touchscreen can't be done without a physical button in the Tacoma, which I prefer. And also, that's like same. something yep. like, you know, me shopping for power wagons. The, 20, the Rams now have that big 12-inch touchscreen, which is beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's really cool. Oh, yeah. And the inner technology nerd in me, or yeah. it's not even really that inner. I'm just a technology nerd. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nerd. I was just going to say, <laughs> yeah. what are you talking about? Yeah, it's I, definitely on the outside yeah. there. But I love that. And yeah. the, the, my, everything in my soul is like, buy the 12-inch screen. But then yes. it's like, you think about it, and it's like, I don't want to dig through a touchscreen while I'm driving to turn my heated seats on. I don't want to exactly. do that. Like, that's just like, I don't want, yeah, it's it's. I, th- I think they're going too far with touchscreens. Uh, I think just from a safety perspective, I think yeah, they're going Toyota too far. All of their stuff still on knobs. So the only thing that's really controlled on the, the touchscreen would be the infotainment. You know, yeah, the, your, your radio the and stuff. And and, and almost and almost all your radio controls are on your steering wheel for that also. Yeah, it's so like, it's like they almost they the Toyota almost almost covers you entirely so it's like the touchscreen is more of an additive rather than a necessity and mm. i i really am not a huge fan of the necessity of touchscreens that some I cars agree. are doing. like i think <clears throat> i think the audis i think the audis look really good yeah. with, with those two touchscreens that they do right i think the i think the interiors look awesome but it just looks like a nightmare to i me. i like, still love the mercedes like the the um they do a good infotainment the two, uh, yeah the, it's not the best one that I've seen, but I love the digital the digital um, display on on the front part. The gauge, the gauge stuff. I'd see, uh, like, I, that's my favorite. I'm a hundred percent behind. I'm a hundred percent behind digital gauges because that's just in yeah. front of you, and you're not really interacting with those. You certainly can, right? And there's information you can see in there that's useful, but it's not controlling your heated seat. It's not controlling your radio. It's like things that you want to do. That should be hands free, yeah. or at least hands on your steering wheel. Right. Like, hasn't really, it's not really a thing. And I see some, I think Mercedes is one of the companies that you can control your center console from your steering wheel. Yep. Um, yep. So, so there's an attempt there, which I like. Mm-hmm. Um, because, and, and even Mercedes has that scroll wheel in the center. Like, mm-hmm. it's just, it's literally just a mouse. Let's yes. not, let's not yeah. call it anything else right. other than yeah. a trackpad. Yep. Um, so, again, they're clearly seeing that too, but uh, but then you get to RAM and they're just like twelve inch touchscreen YOLO. <laughs> no, but it's still. I mean, it's still so nice. Though. It's really I pretty. Mean, they're also wait. It's, say when. <laughs> when? <laughs> How big is it? Okay, <laughs> now I have a video. I'm not overcompensating for anything, I need you to guys. Start over. It can't be that big. <laughs> wait, but I do have. Well, since we're still on the Tacoma and Toyota, I have a confession to make. I was talking with a friend this weekend, and we're talking about Japanese whiskey. Pillow talking? Yes, pillow talking. Um, and we're talking about Japanese whiskey. And uh, for you that don't know, Japanese whiskey follows this tradition of they've been doing it since early 1900s, even late 1800s. Um, but basically what they've done is their tradition is to start making whiskey and then slowly, slowly, slowly change little, little things. Not like this huge, big change, but change little, little, little things. And what like clicked in my head was that that's Toyota and all of the Japanese car manufacturers. They do little, tiny, little, subtle things to make things better. And uh, my, always my problem with that is like, we already know what the problem is. Like, why can't you fix that? But they take little, tiny, little, subtle things. Yeah. So I think they slowly find things. And uh, that's why everyone gets really excited when they do come out with a new model because 
they fix these little things and you're just like, finally they did it. And then you wait another 10 years and you're like, (laughs) look at all the problems. And then they fix them. And it just, it it goes back to Jeff's point, reliability, because if you make little tiny changes, you're going to stick and you're going to be really reliable. Yeah. Minus the only thing I'd be worried about on Josh's truck is, is the new infotainment because it's new. So it's like, but that can be potentially fixed with but is it is it is it new for toyota or is it new for it's totally totally new for toyota so they they developed it for the tacoma and they they're rolling it over to the forerunner that's what i was going to say because i saw it in the forerunner a couple of their uh like the couple of their uh sedans right and even if the infotainment goes down and josh is in the middle of nowhere he can sing to himself. The truck is still going to run. He does run. have a lovely He's voice. He's an excellent singer. But that's, that's like, that's, I wish he would sing that's, on the show. That's the thing is, that he did, I mean, he literally bought He's shaking his head a, a season finale this year. Probably the closest thing to an indestructible vehicle. I don't know if there is there another car currently on the market that you can buy with confidence and say, this is basically bulletproof. A Reliant Robin. Uh, <laughs> oh, God, a Reliant like, Robin. I don't, I don't know. Maybe no. other than like the Forerunner, Wait. which is just a Tacoma Wait. with with no bed what was like, your question is is there another vehicle with such a storied history of it's bulletproof like it's just like people are driving them for half mm. a, for a million miles yeah well land cruisers and like mercedes and all those things but not like off-road type things yeah I mean, but mercedes like, used to mercedes and cadillac used to do the like million mile badges yeah and they would you would put them on the front of your cars mm-hmm. but nowadays it's not popular to do that first of all for because of buying things situations but also leasing has become really popular so people don't really own a lot of the cars for long periods of time yeah, i'm interesting well i don't know what the stats are on leasing versus buying these days i do i knew it would be an interesting i knew when i conversation when topic i to talk about. looked at audi's uh last year uh, he said they were like at, at least at that dealership I was at. He was like at least eighty percent of our customers lease because oh, especially, yeah. especially in Audi's case, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, for well, the big thing he said for the Audis was because Audi is pushing technology so much in their cars well, that yeah. people don't want to buy because they'd rather just lease and then get the next year because they're drastically changing how good the technology is in the cars and yep. again that's a little different for tacomas where you know we're all like happy that they put a touch screen <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it's got a colored touch screen guys no okay that is uh, but <laughs> we're I mean, like, power we're like, power driver driving seats yeah. like come on i mean literally that but it's but but we say that and guess what still doesn't have power driving seats. What's that, Jeffrey? Can you help me with this? The Mazda nope. Miata. Oh, does because it? I don't have power. <laughs> <seats>. <laughs> I, I think the GT probably has one. You just don't have a trim that has it. Well, I have the club manual six speed. So yeah, you're, I, you're a little more sporty. Yeah, yeah. I bet. I bet the GT. I don't has know. It. No, because no, they're Jeff, all about saving I, weight. I, I guarantee I, you, I, the I Grand Touring trim. Oh, does not I bet have you're one. gonna say it. I know what you're gonna say. I, you're I, gonna what say does Porsche. It? I you're gonna say nope, Porsche. Nope. The, the it's Jeep. On, it's on your shirt. The Wrangler. The Wrangler and the Gladiator. And the Gladiator. Still no power seats. Okay, um, but power seats are overrated. I know because you need them so that you can fit. But you set the seat like once. True. And you're good. Unless it's you true. share your car with a bunch of people, at which case you're yeah, a psychopath always, I always, and you're what? not. I always look at cars that have like... I have multiple settings for yeah, multiple... multiple settings. I have different What, do you times. have like a gangsta lean setting? No, yes, I do. Oh, you what? don't... I have you have th- like a track setting? Pick, oh, come on, guys. I'm picking you, up I a have... woman for a date setting. <laughs> yeah. So you're just like super lean. No, back. no. For that one, I... No, for that like one... up into the steering wheel. Please don't touch me. No, no. For that one, I'm definitely a lot higher, just like right now, so that I... You're a tall dude. You're you're over six feet. What's your problem? I don't know. Eye? I have a 
Napoleon complex <laughs> that I shouldn't have. <laughs> you have a Nicole, Napoleon complex and you're two feet taller than Napoleon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But no, I, I, I literally, I do have three settings for both my, my driver and my passenger seat, and I do have different settings. It's a little high maintenance there, Graham. No, like when I'm driving to when I'm driving to work, like I have a different setting than when I'm like Jesus. I am a weird person. All right, I get it. You have a drive to work seat. Yeah, I have a drive to work seat position because it's more like it's proper and it's like upright. And then I have like my fast position, uh-huh. and then I have my gangster lean position. Okay, okay. This is the greatest conversation. I dig it. <laughs> I didn't know this about Graham. I don't even, I don't even, that's not even my gangster lean situation. I don't even drive with hands. I, I will, go like I this. I will say, I <laughs> wish I had, because I have, I have a power seat in my Ford, but I don't have memory seats. Yeah. And uh-huh. I never really understood memory seats, but there's one thing I really wish I had them for, which is occasionally you just accidentally move your seat, and mm-hmm. if it's like Back and forward is an easy fix because yeah. for me, I'm just all the way back. And down and up, again, is easy for me. But it's like, especially your seat angle. Yeah. Like if you screw with that even by like one degree, then yeah. you're like, something is right. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like having memory seats where I could just nail it every time would be nice. The, the, the thing that I, I think that new cars should do is memory seats, but also memory like for the side mirrors and for your yes. rear mirror. Yes. Like, that would be nice too. Idea. Also, why don't and I'm sorry we're going way off but off road this is something that I found in a lot of new off road vehicles but cameras and everything because we now we have backup cameras so and that's another overview things and, and this comes from again me saying I think we're pretty much in an off road revolution right now mm-hmm. for vehicles is, a renaissance. is 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 we're a renaissance we're also in a camera renaissance yeah they go hand in hand so it's again the tremor the AT4 mm-hmm. uh. Higher trims, no offense, Josh, but <laughs> the TRD Pro, which is twenty thousand dollars more, the Josh's truck, which is crazy, it's one trim more and it's twenty more. <laughs> but it's they they all are getting three sixty cameras. Yeah, three sixty cameras kind of started in like the Mercedes world yep. of yeah, you don't really need it to park your sedan, <laughs> but it's posh and you'll get another ten grand out of you when it first came out. But like Land Rover and a couple yeah, other ones but, have been doing that for a while, where they actually have cameras. On the wheel, yeah, so, so the, you can see if you're like gonna hit your yeah, side so wheel and all those ones. other things. Toyota, the Tacoma, oh the Tacoma has a really cool camera. It's the only uh, production car that has this camera. It's like under the bumper, mm. like the front okay. bumper, oh, so yeah, you can yeah. like see down and see better see like right. the rocks you're gonna run over. Yeah. So so the so they're getting more creative, and you know again like me looking at the Power Wagon. Um, it has a 360. It doesn't do any of the fancy, which is kind of a bummer. But uh, in my case, for it's just like I don't know how to park that thing without it. Oh well, that oh just a beast. Gosh. No, no, like it is a beast. Come on, Jack. It is a beast. It is a beast, but you should know how to park your. Okay, truck. so yeah. the, so this technology thing then brings up this idea. Okay, is off roading? Is it more about like? getting dirty and taking a mechanical thing and driving through this path that you don't know about? Or is it about more about using the technology and getting and having fun and enjoying? I guess what I'm trying to say is, do you think this technology is helping off-roading or do you think it's hurting the idea of what off-roading is? I think it's certainly helping more people. It's making it more accessible. Accessible, All this technology, which could be a bad thing for some people, 
um, who kind of have been doing the off-roading for a long time. Sure. And now all of a sudden you'll see me off-roading. It's like, who's this freaking loser? <laughs> right? And then you get out of the car and, and you're like, whoa, it's, okay, it's okay. Cer- <laughs> and I think it's certainly... Sasquatch got a power wagon. <laughs> I, think, I think things like the cameras are detaching kind of the experience of yeah. off-roading. But you can always turn I those mean, off. I think I mean, there's that's no argument that it, off-roading but... has gotten significantly more posh, yeah. in, in the words of British people. Mm. It has, it's gotten mm, yeah. way more luxurious. And yeah. it, like off-roading used to be, here's my second piece of crap truck. Let's go rip it. What? You can go take yeah. your G-Wagon off-road? And, and, off and, and now, yeah. And now it's, let's go take my $150,000 G-Wagon off-road. <laughs> sign, so, me, so, sign, sign me up. So we've, Mercedes, so we've made the give me a G-Wagon. I'll be ready. And when we look at all these vehicles and it's like, wow, the Gladiator Rubicon, the, the, the Jeep Wrangler Rubicon, um, the Power Wagon, you know, the Ford Raptor. These are really expensive vehicles. Like yes, they're, yeah, they are. They, they, pretty much all of them cross the over, not affordable, I would think. Where, yeah, they're, they cross the 70000 mark. Yeah. Uh, yeah, something like a, a Raptor can get up to seventy. Mm-hmm. Um, but something, again, the TRD Pro, I would, it's 55 for a TRD Pro. I mean, yeah, that's, that's, that's expensive. Let's get in there. Yeah. The, 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 we, we test drove the, our Gladiator. That was 60. That, yeah, that was $60,300. Yeah. I mean, what we all agreed was pretty silly because it was just like at some point you could clearly see it was like, well, we're just adding stuff to make buddy. Right. Yeah. Like it's like that that thing would, if you could just. Doesn't it, it has a Bluetooth speaker that's like yeah, an actual charge on it? Yeah, there was behind the driver, no, behind the passenger seat. In the in rear. In the rear, you could fold it down and there was a removable speaker that. You could plug into the car and it acted as the speaker for the car, but then took it out and it was Bluetooth. So we got pretty nonsensical <laughs> <laughs> at some points. Well, in case you want to listen to OCN drives in the middle of nowhere or at a tailgate, you can do that. It's of course. True. And you it can find it at artcommunitynow.com. Fantastic. Shameless. Yeah. Shameless plug. All right. Are we getting into part three here? Let's get we into are, our part three. I, actually, I just want to make a quick comment. Oh, okay. Um, going back to what you were saying about... The, the Japanese mode of business oh, yes, and yes, yes. how they make small incremental changes to improve their products so that they become the most reliable in the world. Sure. Um, maybe we should do that with podcasts. So Slowly make changes. Slowly make changes. <laughs> 20 years this. from now will be the best podcast in ever. In 50 years, if you're still listening to this podcast, we will be fantastic. <laughs> Josh is shaking his head. We have another guest, Spencer, who is... An innocent bystander in the production room. He is now shaking his head. Uh, so yeah, I just want to say. No, I think that uh, slow, I don't want to go steady. fifty years, yeah. but let's but go. Hey, let's go half that. Half that. But if you look at that, um, that kind of philosophy, Toyota is actually the largest automaker in the world. It is. So it way is. to be mean. Way to be mainstream, Josh. It's true. Yeah, he has those moments. Right. Okay, guys. Moving on to part three of the show. More off-roading stuff. I want to talk um, kind of about some of the trails in Colorado. Um, perhaps if you've done any of them, I want to hear about it. Um, or if not, what do you think you actually need to get started off-roading? What I think you would need starting off-roading, I think it's tough because off-roading has also expanded to the SUV world, which is getting interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, like crossovers? Yeah. A little bit? Cro- people, I, do I, there's a really popular movement of 
the uh, the Subaru Crosstrek going off road. Like, are people, you serious? People are lifting them. People are putting bigger tires because Subaru. It actually has a really good ground clearance. It has, on it. It has oh. stock ground clearance, pretty good, and it's Subaru's all wheel drive system is good. Like, I used to own one. It's it's just really good. But what I would say is the engine needs to be totally redone on that thing because oh, it it's, is it's a wet. Blanket. It does not. Yeah, yeah, it does not have but, any but, power. But to it. going back to like what I think, you definitely need ground clearance. I yep. think that's number one. You can't take your Camry off-roading you can go and this also gets to what is the definition of off-road because dirt road you're fine with anything like you don't really need anything special dirt road but when we're talking about actual off-roading going over rocks going to actual trails because there's a difference and i think that's something people get confused about is there's classifications for roads that the government so, right. so the government maintains one through five class roads, one being interstate highways, so pristine, perfect pavement, five being we don't really pay attention to it, mm-hmm. and it's, yeah. we've never paved it ever in its life, but it's government-owned, and it's there. A lot of times it's like a service road. Is like Right. A, a lot of it's like service, especially out, I know about West, because yeah. a lot of those roads are like service roads for fire stuff. Yeah. And, and like that was a big thing. An then. actual yeah, service road would probably be closer to like a class three. Like the, it's still plowed and it's still, you know, flattened. So it's it's just everything but paved was like what a, a good service road would be. Class five is we literally don't use it but it's still ours and it's like i think they still keep it cleared from trees they don't it's still a road and oh, so yeah. cla- class five is actually a pretty great way to start off roading because they're pretty doable like in new hampshire there's a lot of class five roads where mm-hmm. i'm from so that was a popular thing for people in new hampshire to do because we didn't really have mountains mm-hmm. was people would do class five roads which is just kind of a straight road most of the time i mean it's kind of windy but it's just like the worst possible thing ever i mean there's like lakes sometimes in the middle of class five roads because there's so much rain yeah that it's like they've just pulled up and it's like great we're driving our truck through six feet of water now and that's awesome so class five roads are, are well I think thank are, goodness you have a snorkel yeah and you're so, ready to go so or in the case when i was doing class five roads my brother had a six inch lifted 37 inch tire oh, truck. Well, i think you'll be fine with that manual that's how i learned how to drive a manual was on that monster truck which was funny what but, yeah but, so, uh, so, but again, I think it's ground clearance is the number one. And then when you start getting into more technical stuff or even just like, even like a, a bad, a really bad dirt road, mm. you're going to need some type of four wheel drive, whether it be all wheel drive or actual four wheel drive. I think that really matters. Right. Um, and then the thing that we always talk about, you got to have good tires. If, yes. If once yes. you, Thank you uh, again, for dirt that. roads, you still don't really need your tires yeah. are fine. But once you were like, I'm going off roading, if that's the sentence you're saying, you got to have, tires. you have to have them properly inflated too. You know what we should do? We should buy a Toyota Camry and we should try various trails can in Colorado. And if we can get it through to the other side of the trail, oh, it's down. not considered an off. I do. Like, I do. You would be because yeah. it's a Camry. Oh, I love, should we I be love like it. Modifying it and putting like a wedge on it and stuff. No, don't even we modify just it. it. Just it's try, like just try and see if we can just, that, w- that would be a funny funny youtube series which is uh can it, will it off road <laughs> will it off road <laughs> but uh yeah so it's i mean a lot of the question is it's not really what you need for any kind of i mean you certainly can buy a vehicle and off-road anything like i think in josh's case he picked a very good vehicle for yes he's he pretty did. much good for everything can you off-road a mclaren 
Um, so there's certainly routes of not with not if I'm going to live with myself. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. there's so there's certainly routes of of. Well, I think just the thought is, what am I off roading? Because if it's just like I'm going to my cabin in the woods, then your Camry's fine. But if yeah. you're you know, if you want to go to Moab and you want to do the big rock stuff, well, that's completely different than kind of what mm-hmm. Josh is going to, I think, end up doing, which is more overlanding, mm-hmm. which is, um, you know, still sometimes can get very technical overlanding, but a lot of times it's closer to class five road kind of stuff. Yeah. And it's like a lot worse. It's, it's, it, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm a novice at this, but it's a lot more of like off-roading or what you're talking about moab like you have another vehicle you have a separate vehicle to go do this because of like the amount of clearance you need to do the amount of suspension all of the it like gets expensive the moab Moab vehicles a not just moab but we're talking rock climbing and but it's a good category yeah yeah yeah, because especially in the u.s it's kind of moab and then a big one is actually the rubicon trail are kind of in my my eyes are kind Mm. of the two big like off-roading and then the rubicon trail would actually be more hardcore overlanding mm-hmm. as a, it's still pretty there's still a lot of big rocks right you, get you know over yeah on the rubicon. but moab is just hardcore rock right. crawling yeah yeah and, and those rock crawlers are not good daily drivers I right mean, they, they got 40 inch tires their gearing is uh, they get three miles to the gallon and that they're people certainly do daily drive some of them but uh, i mean if you can most people who can afford to make their trucks good enough to rock crawl Moab to its full extent, Mm. pretty much have a daily driver because they can afford it. Cause it's like, you know, the second you start six inch lifting your Rubicon, Mm -hmm. first of all, you bought a Rubicon. So you've already priced yourself there. Cause it's like Moab, you're going to probably need a front locker for, for the harder stuff. Oh yeah. Cause that's, that's really what a front locker is for is to help you crawl up rocks which is why a lot of trucks don't have them. Like the Raptor doesn't yeah. have a front locker. It's not a rock crawler. It's a, it's a desert runner. Yeah. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's rear locker. I think uniquely you can leave its rear locker on up to like 55 on a Raptor, oh which is God. hilarious. That's like, what? yeah, which is, which is completely different. Typically rear lockers are only designed so, for like 15 miles an yeah, hour at most. Yeah. And I, I'm pretty sure the Raptor can go up to like 55, yeah, which is, guys. which is when you see people balling big donuts with the Raptor, they got it locked. Yeah, oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, well, so my thing on the beginner, I just want to say this. I think well, Alex did a great job, but my my initial response to that question and my advice would be find someone or find a group of people yes. and go out with them. Well, that, you I, can ride in passenger, <coughs> you can ride in the back. It's a good starting point, and I think once you do that type of stuff, you, you will know, do I really like this or do I not you like this? You definitely want... You know? A gateway yeah. into it, and your gateway should not be in most cases going to buy a vehicle. <laughs> going to buy the vehicle, yeah, especially because there are just lots of costs when going off road. There's even just your maintenance cost is going to be way more because you're yeah. just you're gonna beat the crap out of right. it, right? Yeah, and uh, cleaning, and yeah. All that so other for stuff I, I totally agree. Your first time off roading should not be in your own car, right? At yeah, all, like at all. actual off roading, yeah. it, it should be in someone else's car, right? No, I mean, I think you can take your car. Just go with somebody else, too, just in case you do get stuck yeah. or you get a flat. Well, that's what I'm saying. And like, you don't know how to that, use a highlight jack. That's, that's typically just the first rule of off-roading is you don't go by yourself. Yeah. I mean, that's true with hiking and all those yeah. other outdoors. You don't do it by yourself because if you get stuck, yeah. it's bad. I mean, in a, if you get stuck in your car, there is worse things in life, but it's... And I'm not saying that you can't take your car I'm just, unless something like at what Alex was saying. I'm just saying, like, my... My thing is being a novice and not really doing it 
all that much. Like I've done it a couple times and I, I found that it's enjoyable, but at the same time, like I don't want to even try and spend near the amount of money that needs to be at that mm. point. And I know that we're, we're getting to the point where you don't have to. And I think that's true, but to a certain thing where I'm like, there's not enough adventure for me to buy a vehicle in this, in this, in this range. But if we went to the rock crawler range, which I haven't done, but that is on my bucket list to do, um, I think I would jump right into that because I've gone dune bugging before, and just like um, that was like really really fun. That was I was really young, but it was I was re- it was really really fun. But at the same time, like I don't like that that middle part there. I mean, it's fine, but like what. I think getting to that rock crawling stage, I, I don't think I would buy a vehicle for that middle stage. I think right. I would. I'm not an off lander. You're going all the way. I'm not an off lander. I'm more of a <laughs> off roader. I'm going to go all the way if I want to do, do yeah. something. Okay, that, so. that's fair. But that that's my personal experience, and that's all I would say is just go out and 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 go out with like a group of people and enjoy that because that's the other thing about off roading and. Well, at least off-roading, I know, is a big thing. And when I went dune bugging, it was a bunch of people that all went to a a place, and then they took off their trailers. They took their dune buggies off a trailer or whatever. It's a really good group activity. It's certainly fun to go by yourself or go with your significant other, but... I, I, from my experience of my of doing off roading and also just like all the content I consume, sure, everyone's having way more fun when you go mm-hmm. in, in big car- caravans or, and or even just, just like three or four other people. And it's you can help each other, but it's also just like it's 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 an experience. That's what off roading is. is. Off roading is an experience. It can be a lifestyle. Certainly, people live in their uh, overlanders yeah and, and that's a pretty popular thing now especially like martin martin yeah. lives in his truck yeah, he does <laughs> martin's got a sweet overland to come and he hasn't invited me over to his truck bed yet oh. <laughs> oh, no, right. well you'd rather sleep in a truck bed than a bed bed yeah of course <laughs> why do you think i podcast for kind of a living <laughs> Because I enjoy sleeping in my car. <laughs> Got it. I understand now. So it makes perfect sense to quickly, me. But you wanted to cover like trails. I do. I do. But before we get there, I just want to say that I think that stock vehicles are actually relatively capable. Especially so now. I don't want us to. Yeah, especially yeah. now. No, no. And, and I, I don't and I, want I us to like scare anybody. It's kind of an out asterisk on stock because would you? I wouldn't in a stock category. I would not consider a Rubicon. A stock choice. Okay. It is. Well, right. That's what I'm trying is, to. That's what it I'm. It is a yeah. factory vehicle. They make a lot of them. They sell a crap ton of them. Right. But is that stock or what? Or is it uh, what trim of Wrangler would you consider? So stock? that that's the perfect segue into my, uh, I guess, our next point here. Ooh, nice. And we that, did a good job without even trying. I know, like right? It. Maybe we won't need that twenty five, fifty oh, years. Maybe we only all. need ten years. Now we're not down to ten. Josh will be still alive to see. see <laughs> <us>. Brutal. <laughs> see us actually succeed with something for once but no i uh, one time well a few years back my buddy had purchased i believe it was a 1998 uh jeep wrangler so was that a tj mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and um I, I he just had upgraded the tires that was it it had the inline four with a manual transmission and uh, i'll tell you what we were able to get around yankee hill pretty well which yeah. is up by idaho springs not far from Jeep Road, where yep. we were. Um, so terrain like that. And uh, more impressively, it actually did uh, Red Cone Pass once, which is a uh, it's considered a difficult on the rating scale, but that's mm-hmm. mainly because of a, 
uh, extremely large loose gravel descent at mm-hmm. the end, which we should do sometime if we get another Jeep. Um, but uh, yeah, I was I was surprised. Uh, most of the guys that you see who have like the really like high end stuff, mm-hmm. they they'll take a certain way around a trail, and then there's usually kind of like a somewhat easier. Yeah, most trails. Pathway most trails for like a more stock. I think vehicle. even even the so. Rubicon Trail has different ways to get through it. And yeah, it ranges from difficulty. But no, well, I, I just I just think of it as like um, have you guys ever gone mm, whitewater rafting? Yeah. Yes. They have different classifications yeah. all the way up to five. No, I know, and they literally do that with trails. Mm-hmm. A lot of especially kind of government maintained trails, which there's a lot of. Um, they do have signs at the beginning and end of trails that are, hey, this is, we rank this a one through five trail. Um, you know, this trail you need four wheel drive because they'll even say, you know what, this trail you, you can do it in two wheel drive. Mm-hmm. You're fine. So the, the government with the trails that they operate, um, they do actually have really good information and you should totally follow them. So they're not. We'll wait, some, wait, wait, wait. We'll is Alex some... telling us to trust the government? Oh, Mr. Oh, NASA, oh NASA denier. Before we get into his conspiracy <laughs> no, theory stuff I, here, I, I want to say one thing. I think we should ask, absolutely add some links to this uh, article that we're yeah. going to be putting out for this podcast. Sure. Like traildamage.com is an excellent resource. Yeah, so we have a bunch of links. We'll make sure they get those links and make sure that you guys have access to that. Now back to the conspiracy theories. <laughs> Why do you think we've never we don't landed need, on we the do, moon, no, Alex? I was joking about that. Oh, okay, good. But uh, no, so those, those signs are really important, <laughs> and I think that's a big thing um, with off-roaders, or at least people who do off-roading correctly, mm-hmm. is it's a lot of it is actually all about information. It's knowing the trails you're going on, yeah, yep. the time of year you're doing it. And, and, and to kind of to Jeff's point, there is a ton. I think there's probably more trails than not that are totally suitable for stock vehicles. Yep, yep. I think if you buy a Wrangler and it, it's not a Rubicon, so it's just, it's, I mean, I, I think you can get a Wrangler that doesn't have four wheel drive, but I don't know why no. you would. But this is America. As long as you, I think four wheel drive and ground clearance and good tires, those are like the three things that a lot of stock vehicles can give you. You know, the Wranglers. Pretty much every truck can give you that, um, as long as you get a four wheel drive one. Um, and, and you know we constantly rag on Tacomas, and we constantly rag. Oh on, no, that's well, just me. That's just me. And we rag on we rag on the Colorado, um, which Dude, actually is something you. we didn't get to talk about. Oh, but I know we should have. They're bringing the bison. The bison. Back. The bison's baby. back, baby. Yeah. They made five thousand of them in the first run, sold out before the first one ever hit a store. Was how popular they were. Really, sixty thousand dollar midsize truck. They didn't even hit store floors before they were sold. That out. is excellent. So they're doing another run of them, which nice. is sweet. So apparently people love them, but and they should because mid-sized trucks are the realistic choice for off-roading. I agree. Yeah. Because I know yeah. you love the power wagon. I do it's too, too. big. It's way too. It big. is way too big for there's off-roading n- in Colorado. Nothing I can do about that because I'm just such a big dude. Um, unless I heavily modified a mid-sized truck, which would then cost more than if I just bought a power wagon. Have you, have you ever Wait, thought you just... about getting a reduction surgery, like a leg <laughs> reduction? <laughs> no, and then you can't give it to Graham. Chop myself out the knees. Yeah, I would need put, it. And then I put need shorter amputee legs on. Distribute okay, it equally why? amongst us so we can all be a collective <laughs> like 6'3". Why does it go that way? Why don't you just take the floor down and then just like sink the floor a little? Because that would ruin my ground clearance, Graham. Oh, well. Um, that's why you have cameras to make sure that you can, but, 
but yeah, and, and I agree. I think things like I, I think the Gladiator Rubicon is just way ahead of the game right now. It's also you know how is it selling? I haven't seen any reports well. on that. Okay, very well. And it's and I just it's, haven't seen and many actually since specifically it came out. the Rubicon version is. Well, that's what I would go with Wait, if I got yeah, that. But I mean, I don't mean but it's to a, be... It's a $60,000 truck. So but it's also, hands down, the best off-road vehicle you can purchase right now. Currently? Mm-hmm. Pro, well, for that price, for, yes. Yeah, for, I'll say that. I would say but for... It's not the best for off-road. overlanding. For, tr- for overlanding, yeah. I, I think the two-door Wrangler would probably well, be Well, yeah, two-door la- Wrangler I th- Rubicon I, I think the is two-door, most capable. Yeah, I think, I, I think that's probably just like... I'm still... Okay, well, that price, I'm fine with it. Yeah. But I'm still more of a fan of like. Uh, I know yeah. you want to have Range Rover, G wagon, and no, I don't want my G. No, I don't want my G wagon. I'm just oh, saying the like Range Rover, just yeah. a basic Range Rover. Like it's still <laughs> ninety. I think it's I've, it's ninety. So I'm not going to say that it's still thirty thousand dollars more, but it can do just as much, if not more, than some of these off-road vehicles that people put together. So. And it's more comfortable on the road, too. Right. You, you get Although multiple different as things. As we've experienced, and it's something worth talking about, is, boy, the 19 and up Wranglers are they're unbelievable. Like, especially on-road. That that was, even a year later, the 18s, they're terrible on the road. Like, they like, you hit a bump and it, your spine breaks. Like, yeah, yeah. They're so, they're, uh, they're horrible to drive. Well, like, I mean, yeah, and, the suspension's gotten so much better and, because and they've we, gone with, we had Fox suspension, didn't we, on that? The Gladiator? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We yeah, had, yeah, it does. Yeah. And that was, it felt like a regular car. Like, it, it didn't even feel it truckish. Did. We, I wasn't driving it. I don't know if, Jeff, you felt like it was still truckish. But Definitely. the way it floated on the road, it was so nice. Like, it just, it, it drove nicer than a lot of, like, road cars drive, just, like, sp- suspension-wise. Uh, well, yeah, ride-wise, handling-wise. Yeah, it's still a truck. It feels it's very st- truck. It's still both. But that's why I like it, though. It feels like a truck. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want, I don't want an identity-confused truck i just want identity identity confused uh podcast hosts yeah well (laughs) i'm so confused you guys want to you guys want to quickly talk about what you're doing tomorrow yeah we have two minutes we have two minutes because i definitely have i i have another meeting i have to actually do work so i can do this fun stuff we're vaguely responsible vaguely vaguely people pay us money to do work i'm not sure why (laughs) But here I we're am. Supposed to have we can go get them right now. Yeah. We can go ask them. That's true. Um, oh, yeah. So what we're doing tomorrow, we're going to go um, to a local dealership, and we're going to test drive, do a review of the new Mazda CX-30. Yes. Which is they're right above their subcompact CX-3. Correct. Yeah. But it's not a CX-4 because it's overseas somewhere. They have a CX-4. They didn't want to get it confused. And uh, so now it's called the CX-30. But what is really crazy about it is it's a Mazda 3 with a little bit more. There's some body styling that's a little bit different. It's, and, like a, it's got like a 2 to 4-inch lift on it. And then it's got a 2 to 4-inch lift. Yeah. And then it's got an interior trying to change a little bit from yeah. a Mazda 3. I mean, it's a crossover. They turned a sedan into a crossover. But, or a kind of a hatchback. But a crossovers have, from 2015, have grown. They're the largest growing uh, sector of the automotive. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just a good kind of all-around yeah. vehicle, the crossover. I get why crossovers sell so well. I get why they're so popular. I don't particularly love them and because they just they don't excel at anything. They're just like 
it's going to be fine for you everywhere. Mm. And like, you're not going to have issues going on dirt roads. You're not going to have issues on pavement, but it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not amazing off road. It's not amazing on road because it has to be okay. At both. I do like the hatchback look though. I just, I just yeah, need to say of, that because I don't crossovers like look fine. I don't like the trunk thing yeah. of like regular cars. Like to be honest, like yeah. truck things and like the back pillars and always, always look a little weird to me, but, um, yeah, I mean, that's just my, my so that, that was kind of a grievance. Which is perfect. Yeah, that was kind of a grievance. Oh my goodness. Let's uh, let's it, end on that note. Let's end on that note. That's yeah. perfect. Yeah. But we will have fun driving this Mazda. Though. Oh yeah. If yeah, we I'm can excited. drive it, <laughs> we don't know yet if yeah, we, we can drive it yet. Allowed to drive. <laughs> we <laughs> might just walk around it. We'll get to look at it, and it'll we'll get to sit in it. Yes. You know, Graham. If we don't get to drive the Mazda, we can drive my Mazda. Oh, I love that idea. Have a good time. We'll you go. Should, we'll go to lunch. You should oh, show up that. in the Miata just to prove a point or something i don't know just to make them feel a little more comfortable about themselves they can trust you (sighs) all right guys well officially that wraps it up i just want to say thanks to josh he came in even though he's not feeling well Mm, and was excellent at the knobs today um fiat chrysler automobiles they're always good to us we're going to be getting an alfa romeo again upcoming shocking shocking but amazing at the same point that's like the christmas present to me and then uh, Mercedes AMG, our new found relationship with Woo-hoo. them, which is awesome because I love their product. And ourcommunitynow.com, where you can hear more on our thoughts on cars, culture, what's hot in the community, and uh, you'll probably see Josh on there. I'm even. Sorry. I know, Graham. I'm oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And then uh, last but not least, a huge shout out and thanks to Oxotic Supercar Driving Experience in Golden, Colorado. Um, your guys' collection is absolutely breathtaking. It's something that you should go check out if you're a car guy or a car gal, and you know some, or you know somebody who loves cars. Um, so go check them out; you won't regret it. I'm Jeff Herbert. Thanks for listening to another Peace. episode of OCN Drives. This has been OCN Drives, brought to you by Our Community Now. Please visit us at ourcommunitynow.com and check out them socials.